Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and we are just 10 days away from Super Bowl 58. And while San Francisco has not traveled to Vegas just yet, today they had their media availability. Fred Warner talked, Nick Bosa talked, even Kyle Shanahan spoke to reporters. But more importantly, CEO and President Jed York talked to the media today and dropped two massive bombshells about Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. And that's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. Uh, two major stories. They're fun. They're interesting. And I think it both tells us just how far this team has come and how much luck they've needed to have to get where they are today. Uh, let's start with Christian McCaffrey for a second. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the show and on the audio platforms, but Christian McCaffrey, we all know how good he's been for this offense, for this team. Uh, weirdly enough, uh, acquired what a year and a half ago now, prior to playing the Chiefs during the regular season just last year, uh, acquired middle of the week, ended up playing that Sunday. Uh, one of the most impactful trades maybe in San Francisco, if not NFL history. Uh, this year should be the Offensive Player of the Year. If not, it's a disgrace to the award. Uh, and it's been an MVP caliber talent since starting uh, or, or donning the red and gold, right? Um, he's been incredible. He's been one of the, if not the best players in the entire league for a year and a half. He has made this offense so much more dynamic. And to think uh, Kyle Shanahan was hesitant to actually acquire... Christian McCaffrey. Now, no, it wasn't because of the talent. It was because of the position. Now, with Kyle Shanahan, we know running backs aren't maybe the most prized possession in the NFL. Elijah Mitchell, late round pick. Matt Breida, undrafted free agent. Raheem Mostert, practice squad guy, undrafted free agent. Uh, he has not had luck with third round picks. Trey Sermon, uh, and even this past couple of years, Ty Davis Price. So it really hasn't been Shanahan's forte to go out and trade big money or a, a ton of picks for a running back. And in the process last season, the Panthers opening themselves up for business said, hey, McCaffrey's out there. Who wants him? And Kyle Shanahan, Jed York, John Lynch getting together, having a meeting, discussing, you know, is it worth trading for Christian McCaffrey? And you know, and hindsight's always 2020. The answer is yes, take whatever you want. Give us Christian McCaffrey. But at the time, Shanahan wasn't completely sold on acquiring McCaffrey. Again, not because of the talent, but because of the cost it would take to get him in San Francisco, to have him play for the 49ers. So 
as Jed York spoke today to the media, he said that when they're in a group talking, Lynch, John, and Kyle, uh, they're going back and forth saying, you know, hey, is it worth it? You know, is this many picks, is this many draft picks worth trading Christian McCaffrey for? He's not an edge rusher. He's not a quarterback. He doesn't play a premier position in the NFL. Is it worth trading and acquiring him with? And according to Jed York, uh, the, 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 the gist of the conversation to coerce Kyle Shanahan into acquiring Christian McCaffrey was one simple question. One simple phrase that finally made Shanahan go all in and say, yes, give them, being the Panthers, whatever you want, we need to go and acquire Chris McCaffrey. And that one phrase simply was, from John Lynch's mouth via Jed York today to the media, do you want him to go to Los Angeles? Do you want him to go to the Rams? And at that point, Kyle Shanahan said... <laughs> No, I don't. Uh, give the Panthers whatever they want. John Lynch, make the call. It took one simple question. And, and no, it wasn't, hey, is it a first round pick? How many picks is it? It was simply, do you want Chris McCaffrey to play in a McVay offense? Do you want an offense of Stafford and McCaffrey and Cooper Cup and what now has Puka Nakua? Do you want to face them year in, year out, twice a year, if not three times, like you did in 2021? Do you want to run the risk of your opposition, maybe your biggest divisional rival acquiring the likes of Chris McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan? I'm assuming the fear in his eyes, the fear in his heart were so big that York and, and Lynch knew, hey, we have to make sure we get this guy. We can't, can't afford to have McVay have McCaffrey in the backfield next to all the weapons they have. And don't forget, the Rams were not good last year, but they were ramping up, hoping to kind of have a year off, retool, remove salaries from the, the roster like they did this year, retool the entire thing and actually play well. And while Kyron Williams has been really good for the Rams, um, imagine Christian McCaffrey with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua and Sean McVay calling plays. Now, uh, you can argue that McCaffrey wouldn't be as dynamic. I would argue that McCaffrey would probably be used even more in the McVay offense. Uh, and obviously, it depends on your opinion of what McVay likes to do. But um, either way, it was how do we avoid the opposition getting the best running back in the entire league? That forced and made Shanahan say, yes, go all in for Christian McCaffrey, and it's funny too because when the McCaffrey trade went down or, or the talks kind of heated up, you know, watch out for San Francisco. Uh, many of us, including myself, pointed to the injury history being an issue, and um, you can go back a, you know, a year and a half ago now and listen to that podcast. I went into every single injury he had, the risk that was there, but more importantly, I pointed out that much of the injury history he had started in 2020, where it was the COVID year. There were so many new restrictions in place that I think hampered and hindered what McCaffrey liked to do with his body and what his, you know, health regiment, workout regiment would be. And since then, since the world's kind of got back to normal, he has not been hurt at all, really. Hasn't missed a single game and has played every single week whether it's Mondays or Thursdays or Sundays, two massive long playoff runs, 
he has not missed a game for San Francisco. But to think back then, there was so much worry and concern. And I would like to think in Kyle Shanahan's mind, he knows how good McCaffrey has been prior to being in San Francisco. But he also knows the risk of, hey, if we trade all these picks, a second, a handful of thirds, some fours, some fifths, and others, we're running the risk of acquiring someone who has not been healthy in 2020, in 2021. Like, there is a ton of reward here, but there's a lot of risk. And simply all it took was, look, Kyle, do you want him to play for McVay? Do you want him to be with the Rams? And we have to play this guy twice a year, sometimes three times a year. Um, the simple answer is no. <laughs> um, and Kyle Shanahan said, look, at that point, uh, take whatever you can get. And now having seen CMC for a year and a half here, again, two long playoff runs, an insane 2023 campaign, going to be the offensive player of the year. Uh, in some eyes, should be the MVP. In some people's eyes, is the Niners' best player in general. And this team is stacked from the top to bottom, whether it's Debo, Kittle, Brock Purdy, who we'll get to in a second, uh, Nick Bosa. Like, this team has a ton of talent. They just plugged in arguably the best player on offense in the entire league outside of quarterbacks into it and said, take us to where we want to be. And Chris McCaffrey has been stellar. We're talking, what, 25 touchdowns now this year. Uh, broke Jerry Rice's record. Said, what, 1987? Uh, it's incredible what Chris McCaffrey has done in this offense. And to think that it almost didn't happen simply because of the running back, you know, uh, or, or, or the idea of trading so many picks for a running back would have looked poorly and could have kind of backfired in San Francisco's eyes had McCaffrey either stayed injured or the health been a concern or in a weird way, could have backfired in a different way where the Rams acquired him instead. And so thankfully, John Lynch spoke up and said, look, Kyle, <laughs> I get it. It's a lot of picks. Um, we just traded three first round draft picks for the opportunity to pick Trey Lance. Um, the fans can't be too mad at this because it's not an unproven guy like Lance. It's freaking Christian McCaffrey. And again, do you want him going to L.A.? Because if you do, I won't call uh, Tepper back in Carolina and, and they can move on here, right? But uh, if you don't want to play him twice a year and scheme against this guy and sit back and say, well, we'll keep Elijah Mitchell. We have Jordan Mason. We have Tyrion Davis-Price. If you're okay with that, I won't make the call. Uh, but if you think, hey, we got to get this guy and him being in the blue and gold of the Rams is too much for you, uh, I'll give Carolina a call back. <laughs> That's simply all it took for Shanahan to say, put all the chips in and let's get this thing done. And I would like to think that I know ESPN said, what was it, a C minus or a C plus trade? This is an A plus plus trade through and through. And again, to find out, it really just took one question, one phrase. Do you want to see him in L.A.? For Kyle and Hannah say, no, <laughs> make sure he's in the red and gold, make sure he's in San Francisco, and make sure he's in the backfield of my offense and nobody else's. Um, crazy story. Uh, one of those things where you would like to think the front office, the head coach, the GM, they're weighing all their options. And again, there was so much to weigh in with the McCaffrey trade, the injuries, the contract, could you afford it? Uh, and I think after a year and a half, 
if anyone calls it worse than an A plus trade, I, th I, I think you're smoking fentanyl, brother. <laughs> like, like there's just no way that you look at this trade and say it may not be the best in NFL history, especially if in what, 10 days time, he's holding a Lombardi trophy. Uh, it may be the greatest trade in Niner history next to Steve Young and many others. Uh, but really, uh, this is right now probably the greatest trade of, what, the 21st century? Maybe I'm forgetting some, but right now, the CMC trade looks like house money and, and maybe one of the best trades in NFL history. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, moving on from CMC to Brock Purdy, right? So again, Brock Purdy's great. We know Brock Purdy well. We talk about him every single show. Uh, he's on the headline of almost every single newspaper, media outlet, website, radio show, podcast. The world cannot get enough of Brock Purdy. That being said, um, go back a year and a half ago, training camp, almost two years now, right? Um, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, taking the last pick. I think everybody knew, or, or, or at least their mind was not even looking at Brock Purdy. Some can say they were. Kudos to you. Um, now, kudos to myself. I did think Brock Purdy would be a nice late-round pick to at least, you know, fill out the quarterback room, but I never thought he would look like this. Um, the physical tools weren't there when it comes to arm strength. And simply, just being honest here, when you draft Trey Lance and you at least still have Jimmy G in the quarterback room, for better or for worse, your mind isn't thinking about quarterbacks. You think, okay... We have to focus all of our attention towards Trey Lance and Jimmy G and how are those two guys going to work out. Nobody was saying, you know, Brock Purdy's the guy. Nobody was saying, hey, well, what about Purdy? There were conversations of they're going to cut him, right? You had Nate Sudfeld, guaranteed money. Even I said, I'll be honest with you here, that last year was my first ever, or I guess 2022, was my first ever NFL training camp I ever went to. Uh, I was naive. I... I didn't know much. I knew a lot, but the reality of it is when you get into it, into the thick of things, watching play after play after play and talking to people, you realize you think you know a lot, you know nothing. <laughs> and so uh, sitting there watching Brock Purdy every single day, the idea was he has no guaranteed money. Nate Sutfield has the money. It'll be Trey. If Jimmy's still here, which he was trying to get traded at the time, they were going to move away from him. So the reality of it was it was going to be Trey, Sudfeld and maybe bring somebody else in once you move Jimmy off his contract and get him out of the building, right? Uh, well, going into OTAs, going into training camp, you had Trey taking all the first team reps, you had Sudfeld taking off the you know, second string reps, and you had Purdy doing his thing on the third string reps. But let's be honest here, because the conversation around quarterback was a two person race, and at that time it was simply, look, Trey, this is your team. Here are the reins. Let's see what you can do. There was no focus on Brock Purdy. Um, <laughs> and again, Jed York said this perfectly here. 
He was when you have a, a player in Trey Lance, you traded up three first round draft picks for, and a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, who, albeit on a side field, is still in training camp, is still throwing the ball around, is still in the building. You're paying him $20 million. He's still on the roster, right? And you had Nate Sudfeld, guaranteed money. Then there's Brock Purdy at number four. Again, no one's focusing on Brock Purdy. Um, apparently, according to Jed York, uh, what? He said prior to week one of the preseason. So after OTAs, after the majority of training camp, or at least in the thick of it, right? Kyle Shanahan goes to Jed York after practice one day and said, I need to talk to you. And whether it's your girlfriend, your wife, your boyfriend, your husband, when anybody ever says, hey, we need to talk, it's likely not a good thing. Um, I've gotten that plenty of times, and usually your heart just sinks. I'm like, what now? Like, like, your mind goes to every single possibility as to what is the outcome of this conversation going to be. Is it a breakup? Are you angry at me? What did I do wrong? Or what is next for us as a as a couple, as a head coach and a GM, as a head coach and an owner, you already asked for the picks for Lance. You already asked for the money for Jimmy. What more do you want? What's next at quarterback? And so York says, Kyle calls him over, says, hey, we need to talk. And Jed's like, okay, like, what do you mean by this? And Kyle looks at him and says, I think our third string quarterback might be our best quarterback. Now, imagine that. Again, you you and Kyle, you're Jed York, I'm Kyle Shanahan. I've gone to you and said, hey, Jed, um, we really want the opportunity to go to the number three overall pick. We have no idea who we're going to take, whether it's Trey, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's Fields. We just want to find our guy. We like Jimmy. He's not doing it for us anymore. Uh, and you sign off on it. Great. We're going to get the franchise quarterback, get us back to the Super Bowl. You sign off on it. You back it. You do media saying how it's a great deal for us. It's a great move. And you bring back Jimmy. You know, we are going to make this thing work no matter what. Um, <laughs> and then, what is it, two years later, the same head coach comes to you and says, hey, actually, um, not Trey Lance, the guy who traded three first-round draft picks for, not Jimmy G, who we're paying at the time record money to, it's actually Brock Purdy, the last pick of the last round of this year's draft that might be our best quarterback. And it's only training camp, not actual preseason games being played, not regular season games being played, simply training camp. The amount of frustration and anger I would have had if I was Jed Dirk, I would have said, what? <laughs> like... Kyle, um, no, uh, no, and, uh, uh, shut up, and no, <laughs> there's no way you actually think I'm gonna buy that Brock Purdy's better than Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, um, now we all know how the year transpired, right, Trey gets hurt, Jimmy gets hurt, well, Jimmy gets brought back, then gets hurt, then Purdy takes us and has been the quarterback ever since, but at the time, for fans, maybe the team to a certain degree, coaching staff, maybe everybody else but Kyle Shanahan sat back and said, hey, uh, Brock Purdy might be our best quarterback on the team. And, and Jed goes on to say that Kyle handled everything the perfect way. In the same statement, 
Kyle Shanahan, when he said our third string quarterback being Brock Purdy might be our best quarterback, also said we're not changing the depth chart. We're not changing anything around. Trey's still our starter. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't brought back yet, but once Jimmy G did get Brock back, he's number two, then Brock's number three. Like, Kyle handled everything perfectly. Now, it wasn't to get Trey hurt. It wasn't to have Jimmy G get hurt. The plan was never to, you know, have 2022 transpire the way it did. But again, after saying our number you know, three quarterback may be our best one, and we're not going to change the depth chart. We're going to be behind Trey and give him every opportunity to succeed. And then exact same breath, Shanahan in a way warned or maybe uh, had a precursor to what the future might hold with the team and said, hey, Jed, um, even then, Brock Purdy still might be our starting quarterback eventually. That's crazy. Like that, that right there blows my mind. The fact that Kyle Shanahan, in what, a month and a half time now, they scout prior to, we know this, we have no idea exactly what coach or scout is responsible for wanting Brock Purdy. All we know is that Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the crew there in San Francisco and Santa Clara at Levi's stated that they thought he was too good to pass up with the last pick in the draft. They wanted to guarantee getting him into the building. Um... Teams like the, the Vikings wanted Brock Purdy. They were going to sign him as an undrafted free agent. San Francisco made it the point to say, no, we, we need you in this building. Now, I don't think in their mind, they're like, yeah, Brock Purdy's the real deal. You know, I'm sure for them, it was like, hey, let's insulate ourselves. Let's make sure we have one of the strongest groups in the building. Quarterback-wise, whether it's a Trey, Jimmy, Brock, Sudfield at the time, it was more so of, hey, like, let's strengthen that room with a guy who we think can actually do some things, but will probably never be a star. Then you watch him up close, in personal, at OTAs, at practice, playing rhythm, ain't the biggest guy, ain't got the biggest arm. But doing everything Kyle Shanahan wants him to do, executing the offense, taking risks, and more importantly, behind the scenes, being in the room, being respectful, being respectable, and it's making a name for himself every single rep on the field. Um, again, I said earlier that going back to 2022 being my first training camp in OTAs ever, my mind wasn't even looking at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has taught me something that you should look for third and fourth string guys over and over and over again. Don't overlook them because you expect uh, the the guy to start in front of them. Like, my mind was Trey, 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 Jimmy, Jimmy, never Purdy. But now because of Brock Purdy's success, it's like, hey, every training camp in OTAs you go to, you need to be aware as to, could that starter get replaced by the third string guy? Now, is it likely? No. Brock Purdy's story is not common in the NFL, at least at quarterback, but at running back and receiver and defensive back and defensive line, it's important to keep your eyes on the third string guys, the four string guys, you just never know uh, who they might be be become, who they could be, how important they might be to the team's success in the future. And it's so funny, too, because Jed York continued his story and he talked about that, you know, Kyle is so honest with Jed. 
if Jed says, hey, Kyle, tell me about Brock Purdy in his rookie season, he'd be honest with him. Tell me about Ty Davis Price or Samuel Womack. Shanahan would, at that point, give him the most honest assessment he could at the time. Uh, but through that, Jed said that he himself had an experience with Brock Purdy's family, not even Brock Purdy, with his parents that makes him sit back and go, wow, like, okay, <laughs> let's see how this thing plays itself out. So the story is here is that Jed York, they have all the rookies come in, their families come in, um, big event, you know, one of the big housing events they have to kind of get the young guys comfortable in the building, welcome them to the NFL, welcome them to their first NFL team roster and say, hey, welcome to the San Francisco 49ers. He said, didn't know many of the families. He goes, we do all the work there, but Kyle knows them, Brock knows them, the scouting team knows them, not me. I'm the owner. I'm doing different things that aren't always tied to drafting players and families, right? But he said, I'm walking through the room, I'm saying hi to people, or, you know, getting myself ready for the event we're going to do. And he says, I, I, I keep seeing this family, and it's a mother and it's a father, and they're taking notes on everything, writing everything down, you know, paying attention to every word said, every single detail being spoken to them, every single thing they're seeing, writing it all down, taking it all in, being present in the moment and making sure they're prepared for everything ahead of them. And he goes to either a scout or an assistant and says, hey, who are these people? <laughs> like, whose parents are they? Are, are, are they a worker here? Are they... Uh, a, a drafted player's parents, who are they, and what are they doing? And the person responded and said, oh, um, that's Purdy's parents. And Jed said at that point, he while he wasn't sold on Purdy yet, it was prior to Kyle coming to him saying, hey, Purdy might be our best quarterback. It was prior to all of that. But at that moment, Jed said that Purdy had caught his eye, that you know, he had kind of seen that, okay, if the parents are this glued in, tuned into everything, how is their son? Let's see how this thing plays out. Let's see how all of this kind of comes together. And at that point, you know, then Kyle tells him, hey, Brock's our best guy. The season transpires the way it does. And now we're here, 10 days away from the freaking Super Bowl where Brock Purdy has an MVP-like season and is now, at least at this point, on track if things continue to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in, in Niners history and really has put together one of the most stellar, improbable, unexpected beginning to a career we've ever seen. Again, go all the way back to last offseason training camp OTAs when... Everyone's saying, oh, Brock Purdy, whatever. I myself, who even said we should draft the guy, wasn't thinking he should be or look like this. <laughs> like, nobody expected this from Brock Purdy. I don't care who you are. You could have liked the guy. You could have saw some good things. Nobody thought Brock would be this good this quickly. It was, yeah, he's got something to him. The question was, how much is there and what exactly is it? The reality of it is, Kyle Shanahan saw... Maybe not to this extent, but saw, hey, Brock, after four years of starting in college, 
after an injury in college, his first OTAs, his first training camp might be our best quarterback over Trey Lance, first round pick, built like a starting caliber quarterback, has the big strong arm, he's a little mobile here, trading up three first round draft picks for that guy, and in the same breath, still having Super Bowl appearing, previously number one seeded quarterback at the helm of the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, who you're paying $20 million a year for, Kyle Shanahan saw through all of that and said, we may have a guy that is the last pick of the draft. You may have lucked into, mind you, but someone that you wouldn't expect and someone that really isn't supposed to be here, shouldn't make the team, but might just be our best quarterback. It's crazy. Like, all of that to say that being here in this moment, 10 days prior to Super Bowl 58, where Brock Purdy could darn near win the whole thing. All that to say, it started in 2022. The belief of the staff and the team, and especially Kyle Shanahan, who didn't want to ruffle feathers, didn't want to change the depth chart, probably for PR reasons, right? Didn't want to say... I know we traded all these draft picks and we have Jimmy G, but Brock Purdy, like, didn't want to say he's a starter. Didn't want to make the team himself, John Lynch, and Jed York look bad. Stuck it out, but it all ended up working out the way it was supposed to eventually. It's crazy. Like, there's so much skill. Like, the Niners are a great team, right? Great team. There's so much skill on the field that goes into practice, there's all pros, there's pro bowlers, there's MVPs, there's future Hall of Famers all over the team. But if you can be good and lucky, <laughs> like I think San Francisco has been the past couple weeks against the Packers and against the Lions, like, to give you another story here, I'll just toss it in there for the sake of the luck conversation. San Francisco, and, and I'm someone who believes this, that... It's always better to be good and lucky than just good or simply just lucky. But it takes a lot of luck to get anywhere in life. You want to have kids. You want to get married. You want to make it in your field. It takes a lot of luck to get there. A lot of things have to go right for you to reach your dreams and be successful in this life. And so for the Niners' sake, in, in, in this case... Lucky drafting Brock Purdy. Lucky no one else decided to say, hey, let's take a flyer on that kid at pick 261, at 260, at 259, right? Like, literally, had San Francisco not traded up for C.J. Beathard, had Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins not gotten hurt, and had Beathard left for Jacksonville that offseason, San Francisco would have never had the compensation pick to even draft Brock Purdy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The chain of events to get us to Brock Purdy is insane. The luck it took to get there is insane. 
The fact that McVay and the Rams have been good or having a bad year and still wanted Christian McCaffrey, and it took John Lynch to say, Kyle, do you want him going to LA? It's an honest conversation that had to be had, but there is some luck involved in that. To have the picks to make that trade takes some luck, right? To be in a position to acquire Christian McCaffrey takes some luck. And if you're Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> which is, is a crazy, crazy story. So apparently, I don't know if you heard this yet, but apparently during warm-ups in the Lions-Niners NFC Championship game this past weekend, a ladybug landed on Brandon Ayuk's shoe. And I've seen ladybugs all my life. I never knew this. Ladybugs apparently in many cultures dating back centuries means good luck. It is essentially like an eyelash, a blow, you know, make a wish, a shooting star. Similar thing, right? It is good luck if a ladybug lands on you. And after the game, after the insane 51-yard catch off of Vildor's face mask into Brandon Ayuk's diving hands, he attributed the catch to a ladybug landing on him in the pregame. So everyone's calling the catch the fluke to Ayuk, the immaculate deflection. Some are calling it the ladybug because the luck that Ayuk, you know, noticed and said, "Hey, this is what occurred pregame." But the story doesn't end there. Apparently, last year, the year of acquiring CMC and Brock Purdy eventually starting, where San Francisco lost two starting quarterbacks. Apparently, during one of the games. Prior to San Francisco's 12-game winning streak, okay, after the Chiefs game and pre-NFC title game against the Eagles, apparently a member of the Gold Rush, the cheerleading group, said a ladybug landed on them, and then boom, San Francisco wins 12 straight games. And since then, ladybugs have been seen in Mexico City when they played the Cardinals last year in Mexico City. They've apparently been flying with them on airplanes, and they've seen them all over the place. Essentially saying good luck has followed San Francisco almost everywhere they've gone. And now the gold rush, some members are wearing ladybug pins on their uniforms. The ladybug has essentially become a de facto secondary mascot for the gold rush. They're sourdough Sam. And then there's the ladybug, <laughs> right? And it's just, again, thinking of Brock Purdy and the luck it took to get him, CMC, and the luck it had in acquiring him, and the conversations Jed York had today with the media, then Brandon Ayuk's story of the ladybug, it's enough to be good. There's plenty of good teams in football. The Lions are a good team. The Ravens were a good team. The Packers were, the, the Cowboys were good teams. Now, they faltered in big moments, sure. But sometimes it pays to be good. Sometimes it pays to be lucky. But in this case, it feels like the past two years in San Francisco, they've not just been good. They've been really, really lucky. And to be honest with you, the way this season has gone, the way it's transpired... And these weird stories, these cool little tidbits York gives us and Shanahan gives us and Brandon Ayuk tells us the, 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 the ladybug story, right? All these small little tidbits of information, it just continues to drive the point home of 
this year might be our year. <laughs> it took so much luck with many other things involved, intelligence, good skills, smart scouting, smart drafting, but some luck to make all of this come together. It took an insane, improbable 27 unanswered points, 17 points scored in 8 minutes, 10 points scored in 2 minutes and 15 seconds in a second half comeback against the Lions just to make it to this point. It took Dan Campbell not kicking field goals and going forward on two fourth downs to get here in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. This took skill, yes, but it also took a ton of luck. And if we're good and we have luck on our side, I don't think anything can stop the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think anything can stop Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey, or in this case, Brandon Ayuk. Does it feel like destiny? Maybe. Do you buy into that? Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? I will say this, though. Ten the show. Uh, the old saying is, luck be a lady. Uh, I would say luck be a ladybug. If that's what it takes, by all means, bring on Kansas City. And uh, good luck in a week and a half in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium against Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Think back to every small detail it takes just to make it and be a good team. You're going to have to have some luck along the way. It's not all luck. It's not all chance. It's a lot of hard work, effort, determination, battling through injuries, uh, film watching, scouting reports. You have to be buttoned up everywhere to make it this far. But it also takes a ton, a ton of luck. And if luck be a lady, by golly, <laughs> luck be a ladybug. That's all I have for you for today. Thank you for watching, listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review. Uh, I had a DM today from a man named Jeff, I believe, on Instagram. And he told me all of his concerns and worry about the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift, the refs, don't worry, Jeff. If you're listening, we are going to dive into all of that next week early. Prior to my Super Bowl 58 prediction, I'm going to dive into all of the faithful concerns, all the worry. Should we be scared? What should frighten us the most? Jeff, I have your back. We'll dive into it through all of it. Taylor Swift, the Swifties. I'm coming for you, Swifties. Watch out. So, Jeff, stick with me here. Again, thank you for liking, sharing, and subscribing, leaving that review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the X or Twitter, 49ers.access is the Instagram, and concerts, baseball games, football games, any event you want to attend. Maybe it's even the Super Bowl. If you want to spend five grand and you want $20 off, <laughs> use our promo code 49ers access. 49ERSACCESSSEATGEEK.COM and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Ooh, we're almost there. One more week. Enjoy the Pro Bowl this weekend, I guess, if you watch that. If not, sit there in your anxiety field. Maybe you're comfortable. Maybe you have all the confidence in the world in this team getting it done. But no, it's taken skill. And it's taken some luck to get where we are here. Appreciate the journey. It's what makes 
the goal, the finish line, so much more worth it. I've watched the last two Super Bowl losses against the Ravens and the Chiefs to make sure that win in 10 days means so much more to myself. I want to get my first Lombardi, and I'm sure you do too. That being said, thank you for watching, listening, sharing, and subscribing. And until next time, stay lucky, but also stay faithful.